episode 21 of the Sharp and the Square podcast. Matt Al alongside my good friend, the Sharp, Justin Santubo. It was a good day yesterday. A nice Tuesday night slate. Four ranked teams in action. We're going to quickly break down those games before we get into tonight's slate. Game of the night last night. West Virginia at Texas Tech. And West Virginia pretty much led throughout the entire game in that one and ended up winning 82 to 71. Texas Tech was laying five and a half, six points, depending on what time you bet that game. Uh, Justin was all over West Virginia. On the play yesterday, we were a bit lukewarm, I would say, on the play. On the pod yesterday, we were a bit lukewarm on a lot of these plays. And then by game time, Justin texted me that he just decided to bet every lean he had, and it turned out well for him. He finished 6-3. So West Virginia beats Texas Tech. Mac McClung had 17, but Sean McNeil had 26 for West Virginia. Justin, what were your thoughts on that one? So West Virginia played the game without Taz Sherman, which is significant. He is one of their best shot makers. He's kind of uh, the the Robin Hood to um, Deuce McNeil, Deuce McBride's Batman, excuse me. And so he was out, and Sean McNeil stepped up. He's a great shooter. Dude, this West Virginia team is legit. They are ridiculously dangerous because of the quality of guards that they have. Um they are well positioned to make a very deep run in the, in the NCAA tournament. Um, I feel that way about Texas tech also. Uh, I just think West Virginia is a tough matchup for them because of the quality of their guards. And so they've got a lot of guys that just make tough shots and that's really difficult uh, for Texas tech because they they're so good defensively. And all you can do is force the opponent to make tough shots. Like you can't control whether or not the ball goes in the basket and West Virginia, man, they made a ton of tough shots and, and there's nothing more Texas tech can do. Um, still very high on both of these teams. I just think West Virginia is really starting to click. Uh, and yeah, we six and a half, we didn't give out any real plays on the pod. Um, but we, I did say my number's like four. So I, I leaned West Virginia and um, I'm glad I ended up pulling the trigger. Next game was Alabama at South Carolina. Alabama had to lay a number on the road. They did not cover. They won the game by three points. Um, South Carolina really hung in there. Yeah, man. The, the, the Gamecocks are uh, – they're Jekyll and Hyde, uh, as they say. Um, one day they look great. One day they look terrible. Uh, and it's just kind of been alternating. Uh, and this was one of their good games. Um, and they, they almost won outright uh, against Alabama, who uh, – I don't want to say that I am, I don't want to say that they're starting to get figured out. I, I just think that um, they, if they are not red hot from the outside and clicking on all cylinders, they can be beat because they don't have an, a presence inside. That's what it is. There's no, there's nobody you can just throw the ball to, to go get a bucket. Um, it's just who's making shots or is everybody making shots? If yes, they can beat anybody in the country. If not, you know, they can get beat. Um, so I was impressed with South Carolina's physicality. Uh, I had a feeling they'd be able to control the glass and, and, and hang in there. Uh, and they were able to. Next game up yesterday, Texas at Kansas state, Texas also laying a large number on the road and they squeaked out a three point lead at Kansas state and Kansas state is not very good this year at all. But they definitely covered in this one, and Texas escaped a major upset there. Didn't see any of the game. Uh, finding out they won by three just now is news to me. <laughs> so interesting. Um, I, I think Texas is just one of those teams that will play up and down to the competition. 
And then Creighton at Georgetown. Creighton won that one pretty handily. Notre Dame beat Duke outright yesterday, which was a lean on the pod from right. Justin. I think that that one was a play that we it was made. a play actually. Yeah, um, they beat Duke outright. Love fading the Duke. He's love seeing Duke lose to Notre Dame. That's awesome. Uh, Syracuse beat North Carolina State on the road. Penn State covered against Michigan State on the road, but Michigan State wins the game, sixty to fifty-eight. And uh, Arkansas. I think we end. Up, we may have ended up giving out Penn State as a play, also. Yeah. Yeah, we yeah we were definitely on the Nittany lines as well. Um, and then Arkansas at Kentucky, Arkansas escapes with a one-point win. I watched that game. That game was bullshit at the end. Kentucky was clutched down the stretch, a good defensive possession, and Arkansas got bailed out with a foul call. Happens. Yeah, yes and no. Um, I've seen the replay, and I was on Kentucky. Yeah, but he got fouled. Really? I did, and I uh, thought it was a little too close just in that situation to blow the whistle. That's fair, but I think Arkansas did a fantastic job. Um, after Kentucky hit the big three to go ahead, they did an incredible job just pushing the tempo and coming right back down, so Kentucky didn't have a second to breathe, and they were completely scrambled defensively. And Arkansas got not just one look; they got two looks, and on the second look, there was definitely a lot of contact. I mean, it could have been a no call, but if you don't make the call there, then Arkansas fans are feeling the same way Kentucky fans are. Like, how do you not call that foul? Um, bottom line is, I, I we were actually in a very similar situation in the county championship game my sophomore Oh, year. boy. Here but we go. Listen, this is a, a really interesting story. Um, okay. One of the best games in Mars County history. Like, if you ask reporters, you can – I mean, you can shake your heads, but these are two of the, the best teams uh, in, like – you know Connor Hughes, who covers the Jets for the Athletic? Sure. Okay, well, he covers the Jets for the Athletic. He was covering Morris County High School Sports at the time for, for the NJ Advance. NJ.com is what it was. And he said this is one of the best Morris County games he'd ever seen. Um, double overtime, 75-72, uh, we're down. Uh, we hit a three with like seven seconds left to make it 75-75. And they come right back down the other way. No, like there was no stoppage. Nobody called timeout. Hit a layup, but missed the the original layup and got a put back at the buzzer to win. And um, our coach actually ended up admitting to us, like you know, the next day or whatever. He was like, "Guys, I should have called timeout. Um, we were scrambled. We just hit the big shot. We should have called timeout to settle everything." And I think Coach Calipari should have called timeout after Davion Mintz had made the three, uh, just to settle everything down. And didn't happen. Arkansas did a really good job getting down the other end. And credit them, they made both free throws. That's not easy in that situation. We know how, how hard that is. We've seen it all, all season long, um, the inability to make clutch free throws. And Arkansas did a good job. And that's a really big win for them on the road just to avoid the, the bad loss that, that is Kentucky. Fair enough. And a little Morris County history thrown in the little anecdote. I like that story. That was interesting. Uh, yeah, I like you were giving me shit for it, but I mean, it was like, oh, it was like, a, like a legendary Santoop story. Yeah, yeah, quite legendary. All right. Um, all right, let's get into tonight's slate because it's a good slate. I have 10 games written down. Um, let's start with Indiana at Northwestern. Last I saw, Northwestern is getting four points at home. This is a Northwestern team that has lost nine straight games, okay? Not playing well in that stretch, but those nine games were against tough, tough teams in the Big Ten. 
Iowa, Michigan, Illinois, Ohio State, Iowa again, Wisconsin, Penn State, Rutgers, and Purdue. On paper, this Indiana team is probably the easiest uh, matchup they have in those last nine games. You can argue maybe Penn State was an easier matchup, um, but that was a road game. Now they have Indiana at home. They're getting four here. I'm interested to hear your thoughts on this one. Um, I don't know if it's still four. Maybe three and a half. Doesn't change my opinion on it. I um, think Northwestern has a really good chance to go win the game. I, t- I completely agree with you. I-, I knew that's where you were leaning with this as well. Yeah. That's it? That's all you that's, – that's, that's it. They were going to win. No, I'm not – I didn't say that. I said I think they have a really good chance to go out and win the game. Um, yeah. I-, I think that the number's a bit inflated because Indiana just beat Iowa and Northwestern is on their nine-game losing streak. Um, you know, I-, I don't think that Indiana does anything particularly well um, that is just, like, out of the norm. Um, you know, I, they're, they're a pretty solid defensive team, but, like, they're not – unbelievable they don't force a lot of turnovers uh they'll let you kind of shoot the ball from deep and um I just think that Chris Collins has always coached well against Archie Miller I don't know if that's like an actual thing uh I'm gonna look up the their head-to-heads really quick um because that may just be in my mind um although I, I, I really don't think it is let's see last few times these teams have played yeah so Northwestern Northwestern won at Indiana back in December, right before Christmas, uh, which is interesting. Um, lost by four. All these games have been decided. All these racing games have been decided by by less than nine, and Northwestern's won a couple of them outright. So, um, yeah, I think Northwestern's totally live in this game at home against a team that they've already beaten this year. Uh, you know, Indiana doesn't rebound great. Like, they rebound okay. Um, I think that the athleticism of – of Pete Nance can actually cause some trouble for um, Trace Jackson Davis. Northwestern's got a lot of bodies to throw in them. I think Northwestern actually has better guards, the better assortment of guards. Uh, so it, it, it wouldn't surprise me if they, they were an outright winner. I think, I think the number's a little inflated. I actually think it should be closer to like a pick them. Boo Booey. I love that name. And he's one of those guards you mentioned on Northwestern. He's actually been terrible the last couple games. He has been, which is, you know, this, I mean, it's they've lost nine in a row. So, you know, there's a reason for the play being poor on some of their better players on the team. And Indiana's off a big win over Iowa. So I really like this spot here for Northwestern as well. Yeah. They, they're not going to lose 10 straight games in the big 10. Yeah, I agree. Um, all right, let's go on to the next one. Is that an official play from you? Northwestern plus the points. Sure. All right, fine. Uh, Next game up, Virginia on the road at Georgia Tech. I have this as Georgia Tech getting four points as well. This one has come up. Uh, I believe it opened at two and a half. It's been bet all the way up to four. Uh, I I lean Virginia just because they're the better team, but that's not a good enough reason to bet them. And, Justin, I'm sure you have that reason why you like – I'm going to guess you like Georgia Tech here. Yeah. Um, why you, is, is it, it's not hard to figure out that I, I like the, when you're, when you like the ranked road favorite, a lot of times I'm intri- more intrigued in the home dog. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm not on Virginia or anything, but I like, you know, right off the bat, it's like, Oh, and that's the square side. Oh, the ranked team on the roads, sort of small number to cover against an unranked team. 
um, in the ACC, but Georgia Tech's good. Yeah, open two and a half, came up to four and a half, has come back down to four. Um, uh, Georgia Tech played Virginia really tight a few weeks ago at Virginia, almost won the game outright. Um, Georgia Tech tends to be awesome as a home dog. I think with this group, the last couple of years, they're like seven and one as a home dog um, under Josh Pastner. So against the spread. Yes, against the spread. But I think really good outright too. Um, I can I can look at that up, but I don't really think it's necessary because we're betting against the spread. Uh, Georgia Tech needs a win. Virginia may be a bit of a paper tiger. Um, Virginia's defense will stop you from driving. Georgia Tech is really more of a shooting three-point shooting team. They've got a bunch of guys that'll just let it fly uh, from over the top. They play well at home. I mean, there are a lot of reasons why I like Georgia Tech. Uh, and I just think Virginia is just that they're like as good as Tony Bennett is. And we talk about this. We talked about this last, I think last week when we bet Virginia minus six and a half at NC state, like Tony Bennett's awesome on the road. Like he's, he's actually one of the best ATS. I think he is the best ATS road coach like in the country over the last decade or so. Um, it's just I, I don't know if there's um I don't know if Virginia has enough playmakers on offense like as good as they are for shooting the ball and they've got a ton of really good shooters I don't know who you give the ball to to go get a bucket and Georgia Tech's not bad defensively they'll force turnovers um, they're long they're athletic and they're motivated I like Georgia Tech I, I I'm I'm uh... I tend to lean uh, Virginia here, but I like the spot here for Georgia Tech as well. And Georgia Tech is really – I've watched a couple of their games. They they have proved to me that they're a very good team this year, and they could should be able to keep up with Virginia at home here tonight. So I, I like Georgia Tech as well. So there you go, two, two games, two plays right away, um, both on the home dogs. Another home dog coming up, Boston College catching a point and a half at home against Wake Forest. Boston College had that very, 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 very long COVID pause. They followed that uh, up with a loss home against NC State. Wake Forest, meanwhile, is coming off a loss at Notre Dame, a 20-point loss there. And these are two pretty bad ACC teams. I don't know if you have a side here, but, you know, home, uh, a home dog is on the table yet again. Uh, no play. Um, don't know what Boston college has eligible coming off COVID. So, you know, they were missing some really key players. Um, Makai Ashton Langford, DeMar Langford, uh, Winston tabs. Um, a lot of these guys were out like Tarnick, uh, James Tarnick. These guys were all out, um, when they played NC state and I don't know who's eligible or not. And because of that, like, I don't know. I don't have a side um, because of that. Like I would lean wake, but like, I'm not laying the points with wake. Like if wake was a three point dog, like, yeah, I'd probably, probably be on wake, but I don't know what BC has eligible. Um, if they have everybody eligible, I like, I like Boston college. If they don't, you know, I don't know. It's a stay away. Game of the night Rutgers at Iowa. So excited for this one. Seven tonight on the big 10 network. Six and a half is the line. Iowa laying six and a half at home. I saw it at seven. I saw it at six. I see it now at six and a half. Laying six and a half at home against the Scarlet Knights. This seems like a large number 
especially with the way Iowa's been playing. But there's a reason it's set at six and a half. And Iowa is really, really due for just a lights-out performance. So this scares me here for the Scarlet Knights tonight. Yeah. Um, go are you. Yeah, obviously. Now let's get into the number. I, I don't have anything to add. I think you, you pretty much summed it up, Matt. Like, C.J. Frederick's back for Iowa. Um, Rutgers feels like a pretty square side, you know, because of everything you just said. And then you, you I mean, you, you summed it up. So, nothing to add. Nothing to add, but go Scarlet Knights. Yep. Um, all right, fine, fair. Georgia at Tennessee. Tennessee, a 12-and-a-half point home favorite this seems like a very very large spread here i mean it it seems that way because it is <laughs> um <laughs> i like tennessee uh not a play but they should force plenty of turnovers um i really saw something from them in the second half of the kentucky win i think they figured out what their best offense is and it it is playing Eve's pawns uh, at the five and just surrounding him with super athlete guards like Josiah Jordan James, Victor Bailey, Jaden Springer, Keon Johnson, Santiago Vescovi. When they do that, they can play fast. They can get up the floor. They can beat their men off the dribble. They can space the floor on offense. And I think we're going to see a lot of that tonight against a Georgia team that doesn't have really any brute force inside. Um, I think it's a great spot for Tennessee to win by 25 plus. I think they will destroy Georgia. Uh, I don't think Georgia's going to know what hit them. Uh, not a play, but a lean. LSU at Mississippi State. Mississippi State, a two point home favorite. Uh, two teams that are pretty similarly um, positioned in the SEC, LSU 11 and 6, 6 and 4 in the conference, Mississippi State 11 and 9, 5 and 6 in the conference. I mean Mississippi State minus 2 small number at home here. I like the just the small number for the home team within the conference. Mississippi State has a significant rebounding advantage over LSU. Um, and they shoot the 3 well. Um, LSU does not LSU defends the 3, but um, I think this is a good spot for Mississippi State here. I don't know how you feel. Yeah, um, I don't know. I think LSU does shoot the three well. I don't know what their number is on it, but I think they they have yeah. enough that, they have enough guys that make threes. Where I I I wouldn't say they're a bad three point shooting team. Not um, bad, but I, middle I, of the road. Yeah, I actually think they're a better three point shooting team than Mississippi State. Um, I think Mississippi State has a higher percentage just because they don't they don't shoot threes like they just don't do it. Uh, they, they prefer to play inside through their bigs, Tolu Smith and Abdul Adu. Um, they have a good point guard in Iverson Molinar, but I think just in terms of pure talent, I think LSU has a big edge. Uh, it depends on Darius Day's health. I, I wouldn't touch it unless you know if Darius Day is going to play or not. Uh, he is so important to LSU on basically in everything. He's the best rebounder. He can stretch the floor on offense good defender in the front court and against the bruising front court of Mississippi state. Like I think LSU needs Darius days to win the game. And I just have a gut feeling he's going to play. He's one of those like toughness. Uh, I'm just going to leave it all out on the floor type guys. So I think if he is allowed to just play, he's going to play, he's going to give it all he's got. And I think for that, you know, I lean LSU. I think that they're in need of a big win. And I, I think that they are just head and shoulders better 
than Mississippi State, and I think it's time that they get a big win. And I, I don't think, you know, I'm not worried about Mississippi State um, offensively uh, against LSU. I know LSU sucks on D, but like Mississippi State isn't the best team offensively. Like they just don't really strike fear in me because I don't think they are as fluid as a lot of these other high level SEC teams. Like they'll play slow, they won't get up and down. You know, they're they're just not even though like I guess they have some guys that make shots that's just not I don't know. You watch them play, they're more of a, a half court offense, you know, pick and roll with Molinar, uh pound the glass, get Tolu Smith the ball in the paint in the in the paint. Um, see if DJ Stewart can be a slasher. Like they're just not a free flowing ultra fun offense that I think can give LSU some trouble. So uh, I, I like the matchup. Um, I like LSU, especially if Darius days is playing. Marquette at Villanova, Villanova laying 11 at home against the golden Eagles. Marquette has been a disappointment this year. Nine and 10, five and eight in the conference. Nova 12 and two, seven and one within the big East. Uh, but 11 does seem high, even though Nova is home tonight. Um, my number is like 12 and a half. So I don't know if it's that, I don't know if it's really that high. Uh, like pure talent, like if Marquette can bring it, if they played to their ceiling, sure. They can cover, they can win outright. They've been, a, as you said, they've been a huge letdown. Um, I like Villanova also. I think that they are due to just kind of, rip a team to shreds and if Marquette comes out motivated like I think they can hang in there if not like I think Villanova can just tear them limb limb from limb you know I I don't I don't think that they are exactly um I don't think Marquette is exactly like I don't I don't think they're very motivated these days like they've drawn a pretty significant streak of not playing well their NCAA tournament hopes are kind of shot like I don't know if you're if you're going to get up for a, for a road game against the best team in their conference. So nothing, nothing for me, but I, I don't, cause I just don't know. I don't know what to expect from Marquette. So I have got nothing. All right. This could be potentially the best game of the night. Other than Rutgers and Iowa, it is Missouri at Ole Miss, Ole Miss, a two point home favorite. Um, this one's interesting to me. I like I lean Missouri getting points just because they're the better team. Um, they have a you know a much better offense than Ole Miss. Both defenses are comparable. Ole Miss probably honestly has a little bit of an edge defensively, but not by not by anything. Uh, not not a lot to change the the course of this game here. So I like the better team with the points here. I think Missouri uh, continues to um, you know prove why they're good this season and why they ranked where they are. Um, yeah, Missouri's fantastic. Um, they are great defensively. You know, I think they are, they might be the best defensive team in the sec after Tennessee. Um, got great guards, awesome big man, Jeremiah Tillman, they can throw it into him. Uh, I don't think they win tonight, though. I think Ole Miss wins. Um, you know, I, I think that Missouri just had this awesome win over Alabama. They're playing great. Now they're going on a road on the road to play an Ole Miss team that, like, is slowly sneaking up on the rest of the conference. Ole Miss has beaten Tennessee. They've beaten Auburn. And they're kind of a win away tonight, Matt, 
from like being a legitimate bubble team. Like Ole Miss wins tonight. They've now beaten Tennessee and Missouri. That's a bubble resume at 11 and 8 and 6 and 6 in the conference. They've got good players. Devontae Shuler is an awesome point guard, doesn't get nearly enough credibility. Romello White's a monster in the paint. They've got a bunch of athletic wings. You know, I, I think Ole Miss has the, the, the versatility and athleticism on D to make life kind of difficult for Missouri's guards. Uh, I don't think Missouri is good enough from deep to really shoot Ole Miss out of it um, because that's how you really have beaten Ole Miss this season. You've made a lot of threes and Missouri doesn't shoot the three great. They've got a couple guys that are, are money. Mark Smith is a great shooter. So is Drew Smith and Xavier Pinson. But other than that, it's, it's kind of meh. Uh, I think that there's enough size on Ole Miss to match up with Jeremiah Tillman inside. Romello White is a terrific big. And, you know, so is his backup, Kadeem C. Like, I think that Ole Miss is – they were a team I was really high on coming into the season. And I think that they are starting to turn the corner. And I, I like them to, to win tonight. I like them to cover. Uh, I like the small number. Uh, I wish it was closer to a pick them, but you know, if you got to lay the the one and a half, two, two and a half, go for it. I think that it's a great spot for Ole Miss. And, and we talk about, you know, lines that stink. This line stinks, right? You bet the opposite of the stink. Why is Missouri ranked, what are they, 10th, 9th in the country now? Something like that. Why is Missouri, who just beat Alabama, you know, who people are starting to realize is like a real deal team. Why are they underdogs? plus value money line against middle of the pack SEC Ole Miss. That makes no sense. That's why you got to look into it. Really like Ole Miss tonight. Probably my favorite play of the night. Boom. A potential best bet. Although Justin says all of his bets are best bets. But Ole Miss minus two at home against Missouri. All right. Two games left. Rhode Island at St. Louis. St. Louis an eight-point home favorite against Rhode Island. Um, I don't really have anything on this one. I think it's the line's probably pretty sharp. If anything, it seems a little high and I would gun to my head. I back Rhode Island here um, just because they have a good defense and can keep it close maybe, but I don't know. I don't know if you had any thoughts on this. None. Haven't handicapped the game at all. Plenty of other action. Um if I'm not mistaken, this game is going on at the same time as the Rutgers Iowa game mostly. So I, I, I have no real interest in, in even watching it. And I didn't dig that hard to find an edge. Like I, I don't, I don't really know. I think St. Louis, if things are starting to click for St. Louis, they are significantly better than Rhode Island, but you mentioned it. Rhode Island's good on defense. They got enough playmakers at guard to, to hang in there. And I don't know. I don't have a great feel for it. So I'm, I'm, I'm not going to bet it. Fair enough, and I don't think I'm going to bet that one either. I Actually, I know I'm not going to bet that one either. <laughs> Last game of the night, Wisconsin at Nebraska. Nebraska catching 11 points at home against the Badgers. I want to fade the Badgers here so bad because I hate them this season, and I don't think they're that great. But I want to hear what you have to say about this one. To uh, so no play, lean Nebraska. They hung in there at the Kohl Center uh, like a month or so ago against Wisconsin. Um Big number, 11 and a half. If you can get it, it's probably cool. Um, like my number on the game, I think is 10. So, you know, I guess there's a slight edge to Nebraska, but Wisconsin feels like the type of team that will give Nebraska some serious issues just because they are a well-oiled cohesive machine. Like how do I, how do I put this? I think that the teams that aren't 
so surgical offensively are the teams that Nebraska can hang with um, because Nebraska is just athleticism, kind of helter-skelter, do whatever the hell we can to, to put the ball in the basket and speed up the tempo. And, like, Wisconsin's not going to get shaken from their style of play. Uh, so for that reason, I'm really not interested in, t- in touching it. Uh, I, won't, I won't play it. Um, could I see Nebraska keeping it close and potentially pulling a big upset? Yeah. Could I see Nebraska not making shots and Wisconsin just being totally like, I mean, I already said it, but surgical in their, in their assault. Like, yeah. So no, thank you. Well, there you have it. I think we have three plays, uh, three solid plays in Northwestern plus four, Georgia tech plus four and Ole Miss minus two. Was there any other games you wanted to add or any bets that I missed that you had? Let's see. What did we touch? Would you say Northwestern, Ole Miss? Um, Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech and LSU. Oh, LSU. You like LSU as well. And, um, yeah, one more. Uh, San Francisco is coming off of a COVID pause. They're at home against Pepperdine. Uh, number opened at seven been bet down to like three and a half i think that's too much of an overcorrection i think san francisco is just a better team especially at home question is is like who's active coming off of the covid policy you have to wait and see like who's healthy uh i just think that the numbers come down too much and like my number on the game is like six um five with like the covid pause pepperdine will let you shoot the three san francisco is fantastic shooting the three pepperdine wants to shoot the three san francisco is fantastic at guarding the three I just think the numbers come down too much. And I think there's an advantage on San Francisco as long as they've got their key guys playing and their key guys are basically two guys. It's their starting guard, starting backward, Jamari Bouye. And um, I'm spacing on the, on the other guy's name. Hang on one second. Jamari Bouye and Khalil Shabazz. If those guys are healthy, I, I like San Francisco. If not, you know, Maybe a stay away. I just think the numbers come down too much. Well, there you have it. There's the place from the Sharp, Mr. Santoop. Another good episode in the books, episode 21. Uh, let's push onward towards the weekend, and the golf tournament starts tomorrow. You gave out your plays on that yesterday. If you want to catch those plays, you can go back and listen on Spotify to episode 20, where Justin breaks down his entire card of this week's PGA Tour event. Uh, go Scarlet Knights. Can't wait for that Iowa game tonight. I like watching Iowa play. Like Iowa is a fun team to watch play. Not tonight. Go Rutgers. Um, so, so excited for that one. Anything left you want to add? No, it's just, it's the Rutgers Iowa game. Iowa series has become kind of a rivalry, you know, definitely has In, in a weird way. It's like, I don't think these teams like each other at all. And the last few games that these teams have played have been, um, really really close right uh let me let me check just to make sure that i'm i'm accurate on it yeah rutgers lost by two to iowa this year last time they played they lost by five at iowa they beat iowa on senior night they lost by two to iowa in that wild um joey's camp corner three uh and they've alternated blowouts like I, i think that there's a bit of a rivalry there um and these two teams have kind of in a weird way they've almost like mirrored each other uh, in the sense that both teams have kind of risen from the middle towards the bottom of the Big Ten 
to being upper echelon Big Ten schools. They've done that over the last three years, and it's been the same nuclei. You like that, plural of nucleus? Uh, it's been the same nuclei for each team. Um, so I think that these players are familiar with each other. Um, but, yeah, you said it, man. Go RU. This is a huge one. The other thing That's is the other thing that we have to think about, and this, this is getting in towards bracketology thought, is like if Rutgers beats Iowa tonight, is it still a big win? Like Iowa has lost four or five coming in. Uh-huh. It's a big win. You're on the road at Iowa. Iowa's a good team. They've been a top-ranked team all season long at, until as of late. Um, it's a big win. It's a big win. All right. So hopefully they get it. Hopefully they get it. We'll talk to you tomorrow, and we'll hopefully be talking about the Rutgers win outright on tomorrow's podcast. Go are you.